0: Welcome to Market Scale Grow. I'm your host, Jenziah, and this is another bonus episode. I am super excited to be bringing these to you today. We are talking about organic traffic and collaborations and how you can use them to grow your business to get new eyeballs on your content. We talked about the different platforms you can be on, the pros and cons to each but spoiler alert, we're talking about my favorite traffic source today and it's not paid advertisements because that's coming tomorrow. So definitely tune in and now let's jump in to today's live stream. So welcome to day two. Today we are talking about Organic and collaborations, and so these are well. One of them, I hinted at this yesterday. One of them is my absolute favorite type of traffic. It's totally underutilized, and so we will get to that in a minute. If we've never met before, my name's Jenzia. I am a Facebook ad strategist, and I am super excited to be hosting this live workshop. This is day two. Yesterday, we chatted all about. Um, reverse engineering your success. I had a little brain lapse there. So reverse engineering your success. We talked about starting with the end in mind. So what are you selling? And then working backwards to get people on your email list. You want the right people on your email list that are going to buy what you're selling. And then once you know what freebie you're going to offer, then we think about how are we going to attract the right people? And that's like our social media content, our long form content. And then between all of these steps, we also need to nurture people. The buying cycles are long right now. It takes people three to six to 12 months, depending on the price point of what you're offering to purchase from you. And that is really, really crazy to me. And now we're not talking about like a $5 bundle. This question was actually asked yesterday of what like high price would be and the work of reverse engineering your funnel. I want you to do on something that is a higher price. So something like a hundred dollars all the way up to like even $5,000, right? I just don't want you spending time on like a $5 product or a $10 product to create a brand new freebie every single time to figure out all the different pieces of the funnel or of the customer journey. Now, you might have a freebie and customer journey pieces that do fit with a $5 product. And I'm not saying don't make those $5 products, especially if you're a TPT seller or you're on Etsy. Those are great. But What you want to do is work towards getting a bundle or a product line. I'm <laughs> doing like different actions should sit on my hands um so either a bundle or a product line that like brings the things together so that is a higher price point so if you're going to be doing like um a math activity of some sort you could do this math activity like morning math and you create a bundle of like september morning math october morning math november all the way through the year so that you can bundle them all together maybe individually they're five dollars or whatever but then together they create you have the 10 months they can create like a thirty or fifty dollar product. I don't know I didn't do any math in that. I can't even remember what the original price I said is. so like if it's a three dollar product, you don't want to bundle ten of them together and make it fifty dollars that math doesn't math very well. Um, but yeah so creating that bundle line or uh, sorry a product line or a bundle is one way that you could go about, creating a, um, the, the bigger price that you need, um, because it can be a lot of work to create these funnels. And I don't want anyone thinking that you need to have a different freebie for every single thing that you offer, especially if you're a digital product creator. Now, if you're someone like me, I have my course, streamlist Essentials, I have my Facebook ad sprints, which is a six-week done-for-you service, and then I have my ongoing ads management clients who are with me for three or more months, and that's it, right? So it's okay for me to have a freebie for my Dreamlist Essentials, and then a different freebie for my ad sprints, and then a different freebie for my ongoing clients, because these are larger tickets. They are, um, and there isn't a thousand of them. There's only three. And so one at a time, individually, you can create the different funnels. So those are a couple of questions that I got and just addressing pieces of it. Um, But really, I want you to focus on one right now. So what your big ticket is that you want to focus on. And so we already know what that is. Yesterday, you brainstormed what your lead magnet, how you're going to get people onto your email list. And then we talked briefly about the aware phase and how you're going to draw new people in. And that's actually where we're going to focus most of our attention today and tomorrow is drawing in new people. Now there's three ways to do that. Let me share my screen. I have a presentation here. It is. Okay. Share. Um, okay. So let's go through all of yesterday's. Okay. So these are the traffic levers, right? There's three different ways. So, And they are what we're talking about today and tomorrow, the organic traffic, collaborations, and paid traffic. So today we're just going to touch on the two first ones. And then tomorrow we will talk about paid traffic and knowing you're ready to run ads specifically. So the first one is organic traffic, or you can say that this is building your audience, building it from scratch. This is your long-form content social media, Pinterest, Facebook groups. Before I get into the pros and cons, which are already on your screen, but before I get into them, I do want to just say like pick one, right? We're not, to start and build. You want to be able to stack these things on top of each other. So you don't want to add something else in until you are able to stack. You don't want to have to push everything aside, refocus your energy, push that aside, refocus your energy, push it aside, right? So when I say stack, so let's just talk about this in kind of this order. So your long form content, maybe you have a podcast. I have a podcast, Market Scale Growth. So my long form content is all I focused on until I knew that I was getting a podcast episode out every single week with show notes and that I had a systems and procedures in place to ensure that I could be consistently creating that high quality, valuable content. Once I was able to continue to podcast at that consistency I wanted, at the quality that I wanted, then and only then did I layer on the next piece. And so in this example, social media is next. And so that would be layering in your the social media strategy. So trying to attract more people with reels, with carousels, with my my Instagram presence, because that is the social media platform I've chosen. And I do really, really recommend that you pick one. Instagram is great for pretty much everyone. The other options, you could do Facebook business page. I think that that's actually my very last recommendation. You could pick TikTok, you could pick Instagram or LinkedIn. Those are kind of the four that right now I would recommend you picking one of Instagram is great for pretty much all audiences. LinkedIn is a little bit more on the professional side, um, and a little bit like older age range, I would say. And then TikTok is the like opposite of LinkedIn, less professional and on the younger age range. Right. So, um, but picking one social media. And then, so you have your long form content and you have your your social media. And then once you can stack on top Pinterest, that's when you would start adding in your Pinterest strategy. You're not stopping podcasting so that you can start Pinterest and you're not stopping um, your social media so that you can go back to podcasting. You're you're continuing each one and you're stacking them on top. Um, and you don't have to do it in this order, not at all. Um, you can really pick the order that makes the most sense for you and your business. I do really recommend that everyone start with long-form content because it's the easiest, in my opinion, to repurpose Um, you can take that blog post or the podcast episode or the video content and break it up into emails and into uh, social media content. You can pin it on Pinterest. You can share it in Facebook groups. Like there's a lot you can do with that long form content. So I do recommend that everyone start with the long form content, but I've also, um, had clients who take their social media posts And they take that caption and then they're able to expand the caption into an email, expand the caption into a blog post. So their social media is their starting point, right? Okay, so building your audience. The pros to an organic strategy are that it's free and you can get started like right away. I didn't even put that there. Um, You can get started right away. You need very little. um, Your social media account, you can just sign up. There's free version variations for blogs. Um, You can get started on Pinterest really quickly. There's a lot of email um, providers like MailChimp and ConvertKit that have free tiers. So you can get started with email marketing for free. Organically building your audience is inexpensive. And also these tend to be the most loyal people in your audience because they've been with you since the beginning and you're putting so much time and energy into building those relationships that, um, they just like really, really feel connected to you when you're at the beginning of your business and you're doing a lot of organic outreach, you're, you're pouring a lot into your audience, into those relationships, into the people that are surrounding you. They feel that. Right, And they feel like you're speaking directly to them because you really are. You're having one-on-one conversations. Now, the downside on all of this is that it is very expensive time-wise. You are spending a lot of time and you're building those relationships one at a time. It's a really great way to... And this should be in a pro, but like, it's a really great, great way to nail your messaging zero in on your messaging and making sure that you are really, really speaking to those people, but you can start to feel like a broken record because you're repeating the same thing over and over and over again. And your growth can be very slow because it's all based on your time and energy input. And it's one-on-one, like often it's, it's a one-on-one relationship that you're building. So this is a workshop. I have a couple of prompts for you. These are in the workbook. So the first prompt is what organic marketing are you currently using in your business? And then the second one is what do you want to start in the next three to six months? So I'm actually going to pull up my workbook and I'm going to work through this with you. Um, I'm going to give a minute or two while I work through this. And then we will get back in and we'll talk about collaborations, which spoiler is my absolute favorite traffic lever, lover, lever, despite me being an ad strategist. Collaborations is my number one. Okay. Muting. Okay, so because this was a live stream, there were some pauses where I gave time for participants to complete the exercises live. We've cut those out, so hit pause, do the activities in the workbook, and then jump back in when you're ready. Okay, so um, for anyone, because I am putting this on the podcast again, so you can't like see the screen if you're watching the podcast. So my organic sources of traffic are my, my podcast market scale grow and the blog posts that go along with market scale Grow. So those are my show notes. And the reason I do both is because podcasts still are not very searchable. And so I want the SEO that a blog post can provide. So that if someone's Googling like teacherpreneur marketing or Facebook ads for teacher business owners, that my, my blog posts will show up and then that will direct them to the podcast. Um, there's also some other reasons I have to do with Facebook ads, but we can get into that potentially tomorrow or um, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. But my main reason is the searchability that um, that podcasts just don't have yet. Um, and then I also have um, an Instagram account. I have a TikTok. Oh, I didn't write TikTok in here. I do have a TikTok account. Uh, I don't post to it very often. In fact, I don't remember the last time I did. I tried for a little bit like, like half-ass tried, Uh, (laughs) but I tried quote unquote. Um, And then I do have a Facebook page, but I only repurpose posts there. And I don't even repurpose. When I post on Instagram, it automatically shares on my Facebook business page just so that I have a presence. And then um, I do have a Facebook community, like a group there. So those are my organic traffic sources, but my main focus for me is the, the podcast and showing up there every single week. And then my... My the only organic source of traffic that I really want to implement in the next three to six months is my um, Pinterest. is <laughs> to like get Pinterest up and going because I know that it could be so great. But if you've been around here for half a second, you know that Pinterest is my nemesis and I have a serious love-hate relationship where I love to use Pinterest as a user and hate to use it as a business owner. So working on that, um, but I really do think that it's great for more searchability. Okay, let's get this back up. And then collaborations, which I said this before I had my little pause, but collaborations are my absolute favorite there when you are borrowing someone else's audience. So some examples of collaborations are podcast guesting, um, guest blogging, like if you write a, a, a blog post for somebody else and you are credited as the author, not if you're ghost writing for somebody else, but if you're actually credited as the author, or if you did like a collaborative blog post where you're you're both kind of there. Um video live video collab. So if you go live on Instagram or TikTok, I think you can do that um with somebody else, speaking at summits or conferences or um other virtual events. Uh, with that, I would also put like speaking in somebody else's group. So I've done some trainings for um, some people in their in their private group. So you pay to get into this person's program and then they do the training. And so there's that. And then another one would be live speaking events. So I, within either your community or if you went to like a bigger in-person live conference and you spoke there, those are all really great collaborations. And a big piece of this is often almost always, these opportunities are free. you can collaborate with somebody else for free. and there's trust built in. the audience trusts the the like lead person of the audience. So my audience trusts me. Your audience trusts you. And so when I bring somebody in to my world, when I do a guest expert, interview with this person or i um, alive with this person, or um, I'm part of their summit, whatever it might be, my audience trusts me. And that trust is projected on to the person that I'm collaborating with. And so they also feel the trust. And so that's why I like to collaborate too, because whoever I'm collaborating with their audience, trusts them already. And then there is some built in trust with me. It also can open doors for you and have a snowball effect. And so what I mean by that is when you're collaborating with a lot of people, if you're on podcasts or you're in summits or whatever it might be, then it expands your network. And every time your network expands, more doors are open for you and it will start to have a snowball effect. So you might've heard the story already, but back in quarter three of 2022, I decided, okay, Q4, it's going to be the time of collaborations. And so I set a mission, set myself a goal to pitch at least 30 collaborations, opportunities in quarter four, so 10 a month. And from that, obviously, I don't have control over who says yes or no, but I had the ability to pitch, right? And a lot of people said yes. And what I noticed was people started reaching out to me saying, hey, I saw you at so-and-so's conference. Do you want to be in mine? or I heard you on so and so's podcast do you want to be part of my summit whatever it might be so there's a bit of a snowball effect and these doors open because I was in those initial experiences I had a chance to be in additional experiences now um collaborating can be extremely time intensive you have to record whatever it is so whether it's a guest podcast episode or the summit or you have to go to the event and actually do the presentation it can be very time expensive <laughs> time consuming i think is what i'm trying to say um and maybe if you don't do your research you don't um you don't take the time to really vet who you're collaborating with, it could be the wrong audience. So um, I don't want to get myself in front of an audience of like health enthusiasts who are trying to get fit. I used this example yesterday, right? Where um, a bunch of moms trying to lose the baby weight, like those are my people. I am part of that group, but they're not the ones that are going to buy from me. And so if I were to collaborate with someone there, then I'm kind of wasting my time. And so this already time intensive thing becomes... An in, a waste of a lot of time, right? So you want to make sure that you're really paying attention to who you're collaborating with and make sure that it's a value to not only you, that it's the right audience for you, but that you can provide value to that audience. Because if you're not providing value to the audience, then um, they, they're they like, oh, well, great, but I got nothing out of that, right? So you want to be able to be presenting to the right people and you want to be serving them. You want to come at this from a point of service. Like, how can I support this audience? So we have some prompts. I extend expanded these prompts from what's in the workbook. So you can add these questions um, because I think that they're really important. So the first question is who could you reach out to collaborate with? List like five to 10 different people that you could reach out to collaborate with, whether these are lives, podcasts that you want to get on to. This might take a bit of research. So um I just want you to be mindful of that and like think about how you could go about that. And then um, the next two questions, like I said, are not in the workbook, but uh, how would their audience be a good fit for you? And then how could you serve their audience? So this is the point that I was just making is that you want to make sure that they have an audience that's right for you. And also that you have something that you could serve their audience. So I'm going to hit mute. Um, if you're on the podcast, hit pl- pause and then, um, cause we'll, we'll cut the, the silence out for you and then we'll be back, uh, afterwards. Okay. So I just did two, um, but like I said, I want you to do like five to 10, and then actually pitch these people and, and collaborate with them because it's just so cool what you can do when you are working with somebody else, when you're collaborating with them. So I'm super excited tomorrow. We not tomorrow, sorry, on Thursday, April 20th, we are going to be back here at 2 p.m. Eastern time in the Facebook group, and we are going to be talking about paid traffic, how you can amplify your lead generation with paid ads. And I will have an exciting announcement about Dreamlist Essentials. Doors are opening, so come on over. There's going to be a fast action bonus. So make sure that you are ready to jump in. If you're not already on the wait list, you can get on the wait list by going to marketscalegrow.com forward slash dream list essentials. I will put that in the comments to make sure that it's there for you. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for being here. And I will be back on Thursday.